So now Lamar Miller able to get out of the hole. Miller, could he? The Carl's chasing. Lamar Miller all the way. Wire to wire. 97 yards of glory. It's time for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops with you. I'm glad that you're with us on this Tuesday afternoon. We're joined by Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette. Thanks, as always, for being here. Yeah, How was your welcome. Thanksgiving? It was good. It was really good. Um, I ate entirely way too much food, as Same. a lot of people probably did. But it was really nice. Glad my mom was able to be up here because she cooked it all. Because well, I don't go. really know how to cook a turkey. I had ham. Okay. I like ham. Okay, you're one of I those. prefer it to turkey. Right. I'm one of those people. There's mm-hmm. a state chock full of people who are like that. It's called Iowa. But, <laughs> and there's plenty that has been going around the world of sports that we get a dissector lay on, especially in the college football world. We've actually got a lot to cover today, but we can get through it. Let's go through college football first, though. We have seen some incredible things happen this season. Yeah. Sure. I don't think that there's a lot of people who would have seen it play out this way, but here we are heading into championship week mm-hmm. with the selection show right around the corner. First thing I want to start with, put all your bias, well, my bias, I guess I'm projecting onto you. Put that aside. <laughs> think of me as just a college football guy. Okay. Notre Dame is 12-0. and 0. Uh-huh. They did what they needed to, ran the table. Sometimes it was ugly, sometimes handily, but they did it. Mm-hmm. They don't have any more chances to prove themselves to the committee. Do they have anything to worry about, or are they in? I think they have to be in. What's the reasoning for them not right, being in? Right, I mean, is it strength of schedule at this point? Because everybody seems to be fighting for that fourth mm-hmm. spot, and I don't know who would be deserving to jump Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame has been in the top four, what, ever since the rankings started coming yeah, out? Yeah, you know, they were in the first one, so... and they've held through it. I think, I don't know, they should be safe, but I'd still be a little worried. I don't know. You never know with the committee. Now I'm starting to show a little bias, but I'm hoping that they find their way. No, yeah. And you kind of said it's who's going to surpass them. Mm -hmm. Who's going to make that jump? Well, how about for the fourth seed? Because there's a lot that could go differently here. If Georgia loses to Alabama on Saturday, and I think a lot of people are expecting that. Yeah. (laughs) We'll say that they do. Then who do you give that fourth spot to? Because right now... The way I see it, you've got four teams fighting for the fourth spot. In Georgia, they're in if they win. Mm -hmm. And then Ohio State and Oklahoma are probably the next most logical. And UCF still can make a case that they deserve it. I don't think they're going to get it, but they can still make the case that that they do. Realistically, who does the committee give that fourth spot to if Georgia loses to Alabama? I mean, if Georgia loses, I don't think they should be in the playoff mm-hmm. so UCF is not going to be in the playoff no. so, so basically Ohio the process State of elimination yeah I don't think Ohio I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State gets thrown in there though yeah yeah and it's weird to think about all the scenarios and what plays into what the committee looks at so I want to ask you this Ohio State certainly has the worst loss a 29 point drubbing mm-hmm. they got whitewashed by Purdue Oklahoma lost to a ranked Texas team on a last-second field goal. So Ohio State certainly has a much worse loss. But you can make the case Ohio State has the best win of anybody who's contending because they beat Michigan. That's better than any win that Oklahoma's had. Their best is probably West Virginia, where they gave up 40-plus points, Mm -hmm. and UCF's best win is Cincinnati. So it makes you wonder, what will the committee care about more? 
bad losses or good wins? What should they care about more? I always think bad losses hurt you a lot more mm -hmm. than a good win does. Mm -hmm. Getting your butt kicked by Purdue is not a good look, and no. I don't think you – I don't care that you beat Michigan because I feel like that bad loss just – Erases it. I agree. Bad with you. losses are, hard, are not good. <laughs> I agree with you. I think that the Purdue loss stands out more than yeah. Michigan, and in that sense, Oklahoma would be the logical mm -hmm. choice. But I can't get past the fact, and I'm sure there's multiple people on the committee that are going to feel the same way mm -hmm. that they let up 40 plus points a game. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, it's just it's Ohio State. At the end of the day, it's Ohio State, and that's what makes me iffy because we kind of talked about. When I was on before, like, the reputation. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, they don't have a good reputation now, but no. Ohio State football. Do like, you think that the committee wouldn't pass up the chance to leave out Urban Meyer based on that reputation? I don't know. I wonder if there's going to be somebody in there who might mm -hmm. vote that way, might maybe, let their maybe. moral obligations get in the well, way. And it's you, not to say yeah, it's a wrong thing. If Ohio State makes a playoff, they're not going to be happy people up no, here. No, no. And I just, I don't think Ohio State is a good enough team no. to be in the playoff this season. Their no. defense isn't good enough. To be honest with you, even if Georgia loses, I still think they're one of the top four teams. I would put them in as the number four, even with a loss, because I think they're better than Oklahoma, Ohio State, and UCF. Yeah, I think it'll be either Georgia or Oklahoma. Yeah. It's the way Poor that UCF. it comes down to. I know. I want them in so bad. Do? I know a lot of people don't like UCF, but. Well, uh, Mackenzie Milton out. That's certainly going to hurt. Yeah, but that's tough. I'm excited to see how they respond, what they mm -hmm. come back with. I mean, you got to respect what they're doing there and everything. Exactly. It's just, exactly. I don't believe they're one of the top four teams, mm -hmm. but we need to give them at least a chance to prove themselves. They'll never have that respect, which no. stinks. But. Not with the schedule they have anyway. <laughs> So how about this? What about if we look at the college football playoff scene? You've got a number of teams fighting for that fourth spot. But what if we turn back the clock six years ago and we still use the BCS method where we didn't have a playoff and we just had two teams at the end of the season that would be playing for a championship? Would it be Alabama and Clemson? Probably. Yeah, I think yeah. it probably would too. And Notre Dame is pretty happy that uh -huh, they have a 14 yeah. playoff right now. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, they're all very happy that they have this opportunity. The fact that just having two teams at the end mm -hmm. was ever a thing is comical. It, isn't it amazing <laughs> how far we've come? Yeah. Now I was still, like, oh, we we'll get two more farther. teams in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it definitely needs to be bumped up. Mm -hmm. but We're on the right track. Yeah. It's better than get the BCS there. method because mm -hmm. that was terrible. But, no, we're glad that uh, – we're glad football's on the right track, what have you. It's weird to think what that could have been if what this season could have looked like, how different it could be if teams knew that they were playing mm -hmm. for just two spots at the end of the year. If Central Florida would still feel like they were getting overlooked because there's no way they would get a spot in there over Clemson or Alabama, it'd be weird to think how things would change for them, mm -hmm. what they would be feeling, what have you. Yeah, um, poor it. I mean, the American Athletic Conference. I know. <laughs> it's the hand they're dealt, and I hope that they're mm -hmm. able to schedule a few tough non-conference games, give themselves a strength of schedule boost, what have you. It'd be good Same. for football. Uh, how about Saturday night's seven-overtime game, LSU and Texas A&M? Was that not better than the Chiefs and Rams? We did a Twitter poll, and most of our listeners thought LSU and Texas A&M was better. What do you think? I think I have to 
I just think college football atmospheres are a lot better than NFL. Yep. And, it's more fun, are. yeah. They are. So, no, but no, that was a lot of yeah. fun to see that game like that. I was sad when it ended. I was hoping it would just keep going <laughs> on and on and on, and it almost did. It felt like it did. Uh huh. I, I was hoping LSU was going to be the winning team, though. Was Big you, fan of Coach O. <laughs> I love Coach O. Arn, his interview is yeah. the best. But how about that Gatorade bath? And then they and lost. then they lose. That's. Not. He'd been wet for about half an hour after that happened till the game finally ended. I would be so mad. I would be like, I, would, I would go in the locker room and be like, okay, who dumped that on me? Your he benched. was pretty mad. <laughs> I don't know if that was it, but he was pretty upset. I think he was yeah. more upset at his defense for giving up uh-huh. 74 points. When LSU and Texas A&M meet on the basketball floor, they might not match that score. Honestly, neither of those two teams is good enough for even the top 10, but I would love to see... Those two mm-hmm. go in a three-game series, best of three, <laughs> instead of Alabama versus uh-huh. whoever they destroy in the yeah, title game because they are be going fun. to destroy whoever they get in the title mm-hmm. game. I mean, they just look like the most complete Alabama team we've ever seen. Can it really just be that they have the most talented quarterback ever? It, well, at least in Alabama yeah. and Nick Saban's Alabama. They have a quarterback who can do a lot more than previous quarterbacks could. You just plug a guy in like Greg McElroy or A.J. McCarron, and he's a system guy. Tua is not a system guy. He's looking like the most unstoppable mm-hmm. force Nick Saban's ever had. Year in and year out. Yeah, but this Bama, year it takes Bama, it to a whole new Bama. level. I don't, know. I don't think anybody wants Bama this no. year. I don't know that Alabama will finish undefeated, but I know that nobody is going to beat them. If they take a loss at any point this year, Alabama is going to have to beat themselves because there is nobody in college football this year talented enough to beat that squad. They are just so good this year. Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette's in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and we'll break down the NFL. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette in studio with us. We've got the NFL to break down. Plenty's been happening there over the last few days. My fantasy team takes a hit with Melvin Gordon out for a couple of weeks. He'd been so good. Even on his questionable days, you saw what he did. I wish I was half that productive on my questionable (laughs) days. But he looked great. Unfortunately, he's got a grade 2 MCL sprain. Andy Dalton's out for the season. He has a thumb injury. Are you buying that he's too hurt to play? Because I'm not. I think that there is something they're not telling us. I think they got embarrassed by the Cleveland Browns. Andy Dalton finally come to the conclusion that he is not a guy who's Mm -hmm. going to give them any kind of a run in the playoffs. Somehow, Cincinnati fell in love with the idea that Andy Dalton's a franchise quarterback. And I think they're starting to realize he's probably not. Yeah, Andy Dalton is just so strange because I feel like he's always one of those quarterbacks that is always talked about and everyone's like it's this is his year like mm-hmm. it's his year and then something always happens where it's not his year but a thumb injury sounds very weak to me what it seems to me is that they got embarrassed on Sunday they know they're not a contending team season's out the door they've hired Hugh Jackson as an offensive assistant 
that they're just packing it in this season. Mm-hmm. That they're ready to move on from Andy Dalton, and they're going to see what they can get out of Jeff Driscoll. Hugh Jackson is coaching in the NFL again. That's unbelievable to me. I would have thought it would take in at least the rest of the season for him to get back into coaching. He had, what, like a week off? Mm, something And the like Bengals that. are like, here, come join us. Yeah. yeah, so then Marvin Lewis brings him over. I don't know what the concept is there. Personally, I think both of those two need to go, Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson. Is Hugh Jackson going to be them. the new coach of the Bengals? That's what I'm wondering. If <laughs> he might be a coach in waiting of some sort because there has to be a change somewhere in the Bengals organization. Right now, they're not winning with Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton. They're not even close to winning. At some point, they've got to make a change somewhere, and I feel like they're going to move on from Andy Dalton before they do from Marvin Lewis. I don't know if that's a right thing to do or not, but that's the vibe I'm getting from them. But it makes you wonder. You look around the NFL. Franchises fall in love with these quarterbacks. They seem to think will be the quarterback, the superstar of the future, that the potential's always there for them to go on a deep run and make something magical happen for them, and then it just never does. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about guys like Matthew Stafford and Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton. Those guys all headline the list. Joe Flacco, post-Super Bowl. That, Is he elite? He, he's a big one that comes to mind. <laughs> Is he elite? That's probably the most unanswered yeah. question, especially now that he's probably getting benched for Lamar Jackson. But nonetheless, why do these franchises give these quarterbacks so long i mean they they just seem to fall in love with the idea that these guys will eventually find their peak find their rhythm and get us into the playoffs and it takes them so long to realize otherwise i don't think blake bortles is as bad as i don't either i mean he got benched Mm -hmm. for cody kessler yeah i mean it's not his fault that his defense is Mm -hmm. terrible blake bortles if you look at it He's putting up similar numbers to what he had last year when they were in the AFC Championship. I don't think Blake Bortles is great no. by any means, but he's a capable quarterback. And he's better than Cody Kessler. I think he could be like a reliable franchise yeah. quarterback, but yeah, he totally I just could. don't really know what's going on down there. Well, and they, they need <laughs> it to get the running back situation figured out. Fournette's been suspended one game for an altercation. They're going to have to rely on TJ Yeldon and Carlos Hyde. You have a team that's very similar to what Mike Zimmer does with the Vikings, where they want to run the football and let their defense get rest, come onto the field well-rested, and just dominate. That's what the Jaguars want to do. Them and the Vikings, neither have done that as well as they would have liked to this year. I I don't think you can pin that on Blake Bortles as much Mm. as they're hoping for. And Nathaniel Hackett, either, as the offensive coordinator who was fired yesterday, I don't think those guys should get the amount of blame that they are getting. But that's a good segue into the Vikings. Uh, (laughs) They're going to get into the playoffs, but they're not doing it with the dominance that everybody thought they might. No. I don't think... You listen to, like, the broadcasters, they still kind of talk about, like, the Vikings, oh, they're dominating on defense, and I just don't see it. Like, last season, they dominated on defense. And they have a similar group to them. Yeah. They didn't really, like, lose that many people, but Mm -mm. I don't know. I feel like their offense kind of is keeping them afloat occasionally. I don't know. I just like Dalvin Cook, when he comes around, he's going to be dangerous. He is a lot of fun to watch. where it's like... The limbo celebration was my Amazing. favorite. Amazing. I night. Wasn't lost that great? it. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was like, are they going to do something? And then next thing you know, they're doing the limbo. Celebrations are getting so good again now that the NFL became fun again. Mm-hmm. They had the uh, Bears remaking the Super Bowl shuffle the other day, except 
fans up here aren't happy mm-hmm. about either of those celebrations because yeah. it was against the two <laughs> local teams. But the Vikings, to me, need to get back to doing what Mike Zimmer wants to do. Right now, the offense is being stunted by John Filippo. And I like John Filippo a lot. I think he's a great coach, but I don't think he's a great coach with Mike Zimmer. I feel like there is a lot of tension mm-hmm. between those two because they want to do two different things offensively. Zimmer wants to run the football, and Filippo wants to throw it, and they're doing two different styles. Yeah, There's a lot of clashing going on there. Zimmer wants to run the football, get the offense on the field as long as possible, keep the defense well-rested, and they're just not doing that like they did last season when Pat Shermer was calling the plays. When you have targets like Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph was actually had a good game on mm-hmm. su- or yeah Sunday, like I like that they throw the ball a mm-hmm. lot because I, I have I have I've trust in the receivers. Like Kirk still makes me a little yeah. weary. I mean the run game I I trust Dalvin Cook, but Latavius Murray kind of still worries yeah. me. Every time I feel like he has the ball, I'm like, oh, don't fumble, don't fumble. Hey, you've got Amir Abdullah now. <laughs> is he on the team? <laughs> I don't even know if he's still there. He may never see the field again yeah. unless there's another injury or something. But uh, I like Filippo as a coach, but I don't see that as a good fit in mm-hmm. Minnesota. And he's a good enough coach. He can coach somewhere in the NFL. And I see why he wants to throw the football because you've got all those toys to play with. But if you do that, something's got to change as far as what scheme you're going to throw out even defensively because what the Vikings do on offense transcends to the defense. And you know Mike Zimmer's not going to be changing his scheme, which makes me think John Filippo has got to mm-hmm. be the one to go if the Vikings make a change there. And they just need a change at some point because they have too much talent on the roster to be 6-4-1. and one. Well, after what game was it? I don't even... Last the Bears game, Mike mm-hmm. Zimmer was like, "We have too much in our playbook mm-hmm. on offense," and I was like, mm, "Was that like throwing shade?" <laughs> now that we like think, now that we're talking about it, but I don't know. I wanted to bring this up with you. Packers are done. They're not gonna. Yeah. Green Bay's not gonna make the postseason. So Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't look healthy to me. Does he to you? He looks like something's still bothering him. I just think he's a little deflated. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. Do he too. does look – I don't – I haven't really – I think he looks healthy to me. I mm-hmm. just – there's he, only so much he can do as well, one person. Well, he doesn't look happy is, yeah. is what you're yeah. saying, too, and I get that. But he still looks like he's dealing with something lingering to me. And for whatever reason, whether he's not happy or he's not healthy – I just think the backers should shut him down this season. There's no use letting him get out there and get hammered every week, especially if David Bakhtiari's still not going to be back from injury. And maybe this is what they need to finally get rid of Mike McCarthy is uh, shut down Aaron Rodgers, let him come back healthy next season. It's just a weird situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. I don't think McCarthy's going to be there. You don't. But do they have, like, the courage to – I guess, like, pull the trigger. We talked about guys falling in love with quarterbacks, franchises falling in love with their quarterbacks. Green Bay's done that with Mike McCarthy. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because he won him a title eight years ago, they just won't part with him. They just won't. But when you have the best quarterback on your team Mm -hmm. and you're not doing anything, come on now. You have to make a a reality check. You do. I'm not a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of guy. But these last two seasons have just been really, really Mm -hmm. bad. And it's time to see what Aaron Rodgers can really do 
with an offensive mind because right now he's working with Mike McCarthy and Joe Philbin that are drawing up plays for him, running a system for him. Mm -hmm. You're just not getting the best out of him, and it's tough to see how good Aaron Rodgers really could have been or could be. I'm still hoping that we get the chance to see yeah. that someday. I just don't know that it's going to come under Mike McCarthy. And he knows it, too. Aaron knows it, too. And to be honest, I'm, I'm with you. I think the only way that Mike McCarthy keeps his job is if Aaron Rodgers said, keep Mike McCarthy. And I don't think that'll happen. And I don't, yeah, no. <laughs> don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> what if Aaron Rodgers said, keep Mike McCarthy? What would the Packers possibly say? Like, if they're ready to fire McCarthy and Aaron tells them not to, what do they do then? Keep McCarthy? <laughs> and keep doing what they're doing, I guess. I mean, you have to keep Rodgers over uh -huh. McCarthy. I'd kind of like to hear Aaron explain to me why he wants to keep McCarthy around. I don't think that's going to happen. Aaron, have you been drinking? It's <laughs> probably that there needs to be a change in yeah. Green Bay some way or another. If the Packers are content with what they're getting, the results they're getting right now, keep McCarthy. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to get any better. No. Last thing before we go to break, I was watching Monday Night Football last night, and I was thinking to myself, Marcus Mariota's been saddled by injury. He's been saddled by a bunch of no-names that he calls his teammates. <laughs> It'd be weird to think what the Titans could be if they had anybody you'd ever heard of outside of Mariota and maybe Derrick Henry. I don't know if the common football fan could name anybody on their defense. Mike Vrabel's a good defensive coach, so... I would like to see what they could do with some pieces. But it makes you wonder what we could have got out of a guy like Marcus Mariota. Because at times he's looked like a really good mm -hmm. quarterback. Andrew Luck strikes me the same way. I see a lot of similarity between those two in the sense that Luck has played very well, come back from injury, and he's played really well this year. It looks like he hasn't missed a beat. And he's having success right now with a lot of, frankly, no names around <laughs> him. Which quarterback do you think could have gone farther or could go farther if they had more talent around them or if they were in the right system between Andrew Luck or Marcus Mariota? Hmm. My initial reaction would be Andrew Luck. It is. Why is that? Times I've seen Andrew Luck, he just shows more than... He's taken his teams farther, too. Yeah. He has. You hear more about Andrew Luck than you hear about Marcus. Right. And he does it more consistently, I think, than Mariota... He made a case for himself last year when he got last year's Titans team to the playoffs because that team was awful. Mm -hmm. And then they won a playoff game. It was against the Chiefs, but they still won a playoff <laughs> game. Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette's in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We've got basketball next in the sports pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette in studio with us. We've got basketball to break down. Uh, Pistons get set to take on New York tonight. The Bucks coming off a three-point loss against Charlotte. Frankly, Kemba Walker underwhelmed in that game, and they still won. Kemba, yeah. Charlotte, like, I wanted to see Kemba on a contending team. Mm -hmm. Every time, not to bring the Sixers into this, but every time he plays Philadelphia, the dude goes off. Yep. And I just feel bad for him. Well, he does that to everybody. Yeah. But what he could be, like, we talk about how, oh, what a quarterback could be with, like, mm -hmm. guys around him. 
Kemba. Kemba's kind of like that for basketball. Yeah. yeah. It's weird to think that 21 points and six boards is an off night for him. <laughs> but he wasn't uh-huh. the Kemba that maybe everybody was expecting. And still, mm-hmm. Charlotte got the win. Tough one for the Bucks as they've dropped a couple that they probably could have won. And should Bucks fans start to be concerned a little bit? They lost to the Suns. They didn't look good against San Antonio. They did come back to win that game late. But now they've dropped a close one to Charlotte. Should they be concerned? No. And no. I'm going to go on record and say I'm afraid of the Bucks. You're afraid of the Bucks as a Sixers fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is that? They just have such a balanced scoring attack mm-hmm. night in and night out where I just don't think the Sixers defense can handle that. And yeah. I, Giannis is just Giannis. Mm-hmm. They're getting I mean, a lot like, more scoring yeah. from like, their depth guys this year than we all thought they might. But Gian, like when he, he Giannis is just going off, mm-hmm. like completely off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They, it's gonna be the East is gonna be fun. The top four teams, like the Celtics, Sixers, mm-hmm. Raptors, and Bucks. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a tight one. How worried should the Celtics be right now? One game above five hundred with a win last night. They don't look a whole lot different than they did last year. They actually look healthier. But why are the Celtics struggling so early on? They're just in a little slump. I'm concerned, but not panicking mm-hmm. because the talent is all there. Get into the playoffs, get on a run. They've got guys that have proven they can win in the postseason. It does concern me that they're not taking a stranglehold on the East like I kind of expected them to this season. But mm-hmm. they're struggling out of the gate, but still early on, we're only about a fourth yeah. of the way through. Yeah. How about uh, the Pistons? They get in New York tonight. Pistons are in fifth place. Not bad. Not bad, considering what they have in the roster. It is surprising, yeah. Blake Griffin, he's, I think we're starting to see a little, like, I guess you could call it vintage Mm -hmm. Blake Griffin. Andre Drummond is putting up double-doubles every Mm -hmm. night. I don't know. They need to get that consistent third score, and I don't know who that's going to be. Reggie Bullock had the game winner a few (laughs) weeks ago when they played Toronto. I don't know that he can give you double digits every single night, Mm -hmm. but at least he's... Contributing in mm-hmm. a way, they're finding ways. Yeah, they upgraded at the head coach together. spot yeah. this year too. They got a great mm-hmm. steal from Toronto with Dwayne Casey. There's a lot to like about this yeah. Pistons team. I thought they'd be a playoff team as a seven or eight seed, and realistically, I still mm-hmm. maybe up to six or seven now for them. But I think they're better than a lot of people gave them credit for at the beginning of the year. Absolutely, yeah. They'll they'll definitely make the postseason. Hopefully. Hopefully. If Blake Griffin doesn't get hurt. <laughs> no. Yeah, everyone's got to stay healthy is going to be the other thing, too. Staying healthy is going to be the big key for them. Uh, Boogie Cousins is targeting a return after Christmas. We are going to get to see the Warriors with five All-NBA players in their starting lineup. Kevin Durant dropped 49 last night to help them win. It's going to be ridiculous if they don't get at each other's throats. That's going to be the biggest concern is keeping the locker room happy. That's what, like, with the whole beef between Draymond and Kevin Durant, when you sit back and realize who is in that locker room, Mm -hmm. the talent in general that's in that locker room, they got to be not fighting with each other, but everyone wants the ball in their hands. They they want to be the guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't see, I guess it's just a weird concept to me to see, like, five grown men trying to work together Mm -hmm. to, like, make things work, you know? They're trying to be friends so hard and... Maybe not so hard if you're Draymond, but... I feel like, like, I just, when you have that much talent on a team, I think they're going to run into those 
ego issues. I still feel that they have enough talent that they're going to win the finals. Oh, yeah, this they're going to run the table. But this is going to be the end of the dynasty. It's going to break up after this season because Kevin Durant won't be in a Warrior uniform next mm-hmm. season. The Knicks would be a logical fit for him. It would be a franchise in a big market that he could rebuild from the ground up. He could bring superstar talent back to New York. That's kind of where I want to see him go. Yeah, the Knicks need to (laughs) become relevant again. Yeah, they do. Is Porzingis, is he still hurt? I think so. Okay. I think so. It's been a while since I've watched Knicks. Yeah, same. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't even remember the last. I couldn't even tell he was on the team. That, what's his name? Cantor? What's his first name? Enos. I don't like him. You don't like him? No. Why don't you like Enos Cantor? He tries to talk too much smack on Twitter, and it's not funny. <laughs> he called himself, like, the king of New York or whatever when they beat something mocking LeBron James. And I was like, mm, that's something you don't do. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a good thing. Markel Fultz and everything that's been going on with him. There's the, the eye roll. roll. <laughs> Is he the biggest draft bust since Greg Oden? I wouldn't call him a bust yet. Not yet. His situation is very, very strange. Mm-hmm. And I do feel bad in a way, I guess, where it's like, but I hate the excuse of, oh, he's young. He can't adjust to, like, the NBA. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many other young people are in the NBA and they're doing fine? Mm-hmm. I just don't understand, like, what he kind of expected going into the NBA. If you weren't ready, just stay. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. Like, I think his whole shoulder is straight up confidence issues because you see him play and you see why he was picked number one overall sometimes Mm -hmm. then it's like he can't shoot a foul shot no and his excuse oh it slipped no no (laughs) i'm sorry i don't have time for people who kind of like baby him and stand up for him he's getting his shoulder looked at on Mm -hmm. monday i guess there were rumors that he wanted to be out of philadelphia now he doesn't who would like, take him right now? I mean, no who one. wants him? Well, there's nothing appealing about him. No. He basically forgot how to play basketball. He kind of did. Yeah, It's, it's like, not like riding a bike. Mm-mm. He uh, got a standing ovation from his home crowd for making a three-pointer. I mean, that tells you that he's lost the fan base. He's lost the mm-hmm. confidence from his teammates. Markel Fultz, I just was never happy about that pick. Number one overall. Looking back on it. You said that you weren't on the train for the beginning, but does it make you a little bit more upset? Well, the Lakers, you could throw them in with Lonzo, too, that those two were taken ahead of Jason Tatum. Danny Ainge knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does, but he cashed in because Jerry Colangelo decided to pick Markel Fultz, and Jeannie Buss wanted Lonzo Ball. LeVar Ball wanted Lonzo Ball for the Lakers, (laughs) and he just made it happen somehow. It's just... It's a tough place for, like, I'm sorry, Philadelphia's the last place a kid with no confidence should be. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, our fan base, yeah, we want what's best for him, but we're at that point where we have Jimmy Butler now, so if you want to leave, mm-hmm. bye. Philly's ready to move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Philly's got their window of opportunity uh-huh. right now, and they're ready to make it happen. Yeah. Jimmy Butler with another game winner the other night. Same <laughs> spot, too. That's, like, that's what we needed. Someone who can ISO and make that shot but But my hopes are getting too high now he needs to stop hitting these game winners i need to get grounded again (laughs) the timberwolves since that trade though they look a lot better turned a corner since jimmy butler's been gone so it's interesting to see how it works for both of them i think it's one of those things where jimmy he wasn't the fit in minnesota Mm -hmm. 
I don't think he was, like, the issue, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. Because, like, he's doing fine in Philadelphia. He said he was like, oh, I could see myself here. Mm-hmm. You're more than welcome, Jimmy. Stay the rest of your life. <laughs> Sixers fans are pretty happy to have a guy like yeah, Jimmy yes. Buckets over there. And, and it's good to see the Wolves at least get something mm-hmm. out of Rocco. He's looked pretty good for them. And then Saric comes over, does his thing. Yeah. Maybe Minnesota didn't get as snowed on that trade as we all no. thought they did. I mean, Covington and Saric, those are... They'll, they'll, they'll do good. Yeah, they're professionals. Yeah. They go out there and do their thing. Sarge is going to be, I mean, he's still young. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been in the league that long. so. We got Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette in studio with us. We finish this thing off when we come back. Miscellaneous is next in the sports pen <laughs> on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget, Pigskin Bet is back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by Rachel Zerby. She is from ABC Marquette. We've got plenty to go over here before we sign off. A lot that's happening in the area tonight and out of the area. You have got Northern Michigan Hockey heading down to South Bend, Indiana. They're taking on 8th-ranked Notre Dame from the Compton Family Ice Arena. I would love to be able to sit down and watch that game, but I'm going to be having a lot of fun over at Westwood High School. You and I will both be there as high school basketball is back in the state of Michigan. Boys contest this evening between Westwood and Lotz. Yeah, really. It came really quick. It did but come kind of quick. I'm, I'm not it? complaining at all. Basketball is just is something different about it, and I'm excited to see what we mm-hmm. have up here in the UP as far as the basketball town. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. We've got uh, Northern Michigan men's basketball is five and zero. Oh. Women's basketball is four and one as they get set to open up conference play. Men's basketball off to their best start mm-hmm. since 1984. Man, those guys are fun to watch and. I like seeing both these teams excel. I like watching both of them. Really fun basketball that we're getting up here. On the men's side, Isaiah Johnson and Nava Eccles are very, that one-two punches. Yeah, they don't try to outshine each other. Mm -mm. They complement each other very Mm -hmm. well. They take pressure off of each other and allow the other one to get some open looks, what have you. It's a really fun team to watch. So, as always, we encourage listeners go out and give those guys a look. Then uh, men's hockey, they'll have a break for about 10 days. And then they're back home to take on Michigan Tech. And that will be my first Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan hockey game. And I can't wait. Oh, uh, so much fun. I don't even know how to describe it. I can't wait. It literally is like, I guess you could hockey-wise, like the Stanley Cup of the UP. It's insane. I love the football atmosphere. Yeah. And I don't know why they don't call that rivalry the Uper Bowl. That was my... <laughs> I have no... It's a crime uh-huh. that that's not what it's called. The Uper Bowl. Bowl. That's what That's what they need to rename that rivalry. Northern Michigan's schedule is brutal. It's pretty brutal, isn't it? It I doesn't mean, get any easier traveling. with Tech next. No, no. They've got Notre <laughs> Dame. They've got Tech. They've got a ton of ranked teams in that conference that they've been going up against. They've got a ranked win this weekend against Lake Superior Mm -hmm. State. But Notre Dame tonight is going to be a lot of fun. By the way, shameless plug, tomorrow joining me on the show will be Notre Dame radio voice Darren Pritchett. He is the play-by-play man for Fighting Irish Hockey. He will be on the sports pen tomorrow to give us a recap from the Fighting Irish side of things. We'll look at tonight's game. Through Irish Eyes, that's tomorrow on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and on the app. Well, how about this? Philip Rivers 
<laughs> is he the best quarterback in the NFL right now that has no Super Bowl ring? Oh, the fact that like that's a question I right know. now is hilarious. Isn't it? Yeah. He looked it's, so good on it, Sunday. <laughs> well, didn't he go like wasn't he complete didn't he complete his first like twenty five passes? First twenty five. He finished twenty eight to twenty nine. The Chargers are quietly uh-huh. creeping up there, and nobody's talking about them. I mean, I think they'll be the top wild card team and maybe win a playoff game. Probably not mm-hmm. any more than that. But why is nobody paying attention to the Chargers? I know it's going to get a lot tougher with Melvin Gordon out, but Philip Rivers is looking like he just came into the league yeah, or burst really. on the scene. I mean, he's looking awesome this year. But oh, well, no one cares about West Coast football. They don't, unless you're the Rams. <laughs> yeah. No, really? it's, it's weird to think because Seattle is starting to look like they're going to be a wild card team this mm-hmm. year, too. They picked up two huge wins over bubble teams in their last two games. They did it both by three points. And suddenly Seattle is right on the cusp of getting in as a wild card team. Over in the AFC, I think that we have six teams that are standing out above the rest. The four division leaders right now mm-hmm. in New England, Pittsburgh, Houston, and Kansas City. And then the Chargers and the Colts I have right now as wildcard teams. I don't know if that'll change or what have you. Lamar Jackson has something to say about it. How weird is that? He's got... I, I love that. I, that cool? I, I was a big fan of him in college, so mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. That I was he's, too. He, I, he's going to have a bright future, I think. If he leads them to the postseason, we don't even know for sure that he's going to start over Joe Flacco this weekend. I kind of hope he does because he's so the future of that franchise. <laughs> yeah. But if he somehow leads the Ravens into the playoffs, will that be enough to save John Harbaugh's job? I think so. You think so? Maybe. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. They have to make the playoffs. They have to. Otherwise, Harbaugh, they've said reports anyway, are that they're going to mutually part ways. I don't know how mutual that'll be, but there's a good chance John Harbaugh could become available. So could Mike McCarthy after this season. (laughs) I feel like a lot of football coaches could become available. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Browns are still looking for their head coach. Condoleezza Rice reportedly would be considered for the job. If you're Condoleezza Rice, pretty much her only experience is being on the college football playoff committee. If you're Condoleezza Rice, do you even want that job? Mm-hmm. I mean, you worked in the White House. You worked for the President of the United States. Now you're going to work for the Browns. I mean, that's that's a step down, isn't it? It is, but I feel like it's not. Like, look, you can work with Baker Mayfield. Like, you can rebuild that franchise. You could, but can Condoleezza do that? Well, no. Someone can. Someone Someone will. I think that job is kind of appealing in a way. In a way. The Browns aren't the 0-22 or whatever they were Browns anymore. No. No, they finally got the franchise quarterback that they've been looking for. They have their guy at quarterback for the first time since 1999. And they know it. And that's mm-hmm. that's the appeal they can bring a new coach in on, is that you get to work with a guy that we know we have in place mm-hmm. to work in a specific system. A few weapons around him. The Browns are actually starting to win now. Here's what the Browns have done this season. Let's look at the streaks that they've broken so far this season. Week one, when they tied Pittsburgh, they snapped a 17-game losing streak. They won two weeks later against the Jets, and they snapped a 19-game winless streak. Then they beat Baltimore two weeks later. They snapped an AFC North winless streak of 18 games, and they snapped a 36-game losing streak on Sundays. 
Then they beat Cincinnati. They whitewashed Cincinnati this weekend. That snapped a 25-game losing streak on the road and a string of 64 straight games without back-to-back wins. The Browns are streak busters, man. <laughs> they are. Wow. They're just rewriting themselves a this historic season. season for them. It has been an historic season for them. They've got to be happy with where they've come from, we oh, should yeah. say. I they're, mean, they're, they're on the right track. Yeah, I was going to say, they're clearly on the way up. <laughs> I find myself rooting for the Browns, though. The more and more that I watch them, I'm not a Browns fan, but I'm, I just want to see them not suck. I mean, and they're starting to. Mm-hmm. They're taking steps toward Yeah, it's this like, season. how can you really not cheer for them? And a lot of people like Baker, too, mm-hmm. just from what he did in his college days. So, Any coach that stands out to you that could be a good fit for the Browns' job when the season ends, maybe they're not available right now, but anybody that would be a good fit. I feel like they need to have an offensive mind there. You need to oh, have yeah. somebody offensive. And that makes me wonder if Harbaugh cuts ties with the Ravens, would he consider the Browns job? I think he'll consider the Packers a lot more. I mean, a chance to work it's, with the yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to see where Josh McDaniels goes after this season. I don't know that he's going to stay in New England. He might get the chance to interview with the Green Bay. I know that whole fallout with the Colts and everything that happened mm-hmm. could make him unattractive to a lot of teams, but he can coach. And if you got offensive pieces, you can do really well with them. Yeah, I don't know. The NFL offseason is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun, <laughs> isn't it? The draft is only how far away, April, whatever. I mean, if there's any team in the AFC who could knock off the Patriots this season, keep them from contending for a Super Bowl, who would it be? <laughs> I never bet against the Patriots. It's tough to. And I don't know that there is truly anybody this season who could do it, uh, to be honest with you. They they look like the most complete team over in the East right now. But if I had to pick, Kansas City is a team that can yeah. go off at any given time. The defense won't be great, but it might be enough to win. If they can get in a shootout, uh, let me throw this scenario. We'll go back to our college football playoff discussion. Could the committee take this into consideration? You have Alabama, who will Mm -hmm. be the number one seed, provided that they take care of business this weekend in Atlanta, taking on Oklahoma, possibly, as the number four. What if the college football playoff committee decides to put in Oklahoma because of TV and financial reasons? Because think about what that could mean for viewership or for attendance for that game. You would have... Two great offenses, giving you somewhat of a replica of the Chiefs and the Rams a few weeks ago. You would get Tua and that offense mm-hmm. against that Oklahoma defense. They might go for 80. And then Kyler Murray, you know what he can do offensively. Uh-huh. Oklahoma can score with the best of them. Alabama's defense has given up more than Saban would have liked to teams like Arkansas. I'm wondering how much... TV and ratings are going to have to do with the committee's decision because if they get the chance for Alabama and Oklahoma at number one and number four, the game itself would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The game would be so much fun to be able to watch. I definitely think that plays a factor, a very minimal factor, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what the committee thinks these days. I'd love to be in a meeting with them just to I go through too. the process and see what everything uh-huh. is like. Sir. We were talking about Brady and Breeze. I think that's what the Super Bowl will be, but I tell you what, I would rather have a three-game series between the Chiefs and Rams. I'd rather have that. Gosh, they would be burnt out. We'd have one game 
that they both drop like 50. Yeah. And then the next game they'd be worn out and be like, oh, here's some field goals. Oh, we'll let them, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let them take a couple of weeks off. You know, we'll, we'll have one game instead of the Super Bowl. We'll have that. We'll have the next one during Pro Bowl weekend. Pro Bowl's stupid anyway. So that, that's, the Pro Bowl is stupid, but that's too much of a break. I can't wait. If a three-game series, we've got to have it in a week. So you think kickoff game two on Wednesday? Yes. And then game three, if necessary, the yes. following weekend. Yeah. We should have game three anyway, even <laughs> if they're not playing for anything. Just for the heck It'd of just it. be a yeah. lot of fun to be able to watch those teams. Well, shoot, we're out of time. As always, thanks so much for being here. Rachel, looking forward to next week. Yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette. I'm Tanner Hoop signing off for ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.